The Second Sunday in Lent The Collect and Psalm will be read from the Episcopal Church Book of Common Prayer. The Old Testament Epistle and Gospel will be read from the Lexham English Bible. O God, whose glory is always to have mercy, be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways, and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word, Jesus Christ, your Son, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns one God forever and ever. Amen. The Old Testament is from Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 7 and 15 through 16. When Abram was ninety-nine years old, Yahweh appeared to Abram. And he said to him, I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be blameless, so that I may make my covenant between me and you, and may multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell upon his face. And God spoke with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant shall be with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. Your name shall no longer be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I will make you the father of a multitude of nations, and I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make you a nation, and kings shall go out from you and I will establish my covenant between me and you, and between your offspring after you, throughout their generations as an everlasting covenant to be as God for you and to your offspring after you. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai your wife, you shall no longer call her name Sarai, for Sarah shall be her name, and I will bless her. Moreover, I give to you from her a son and I will bless her, and she shall give rise to nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. The psalm appointed for the day is Psalm 22, verses 22 to 30. Praise the Lord, you that fear him. Stand in awe of him, O offspring of Israel. All of you of Jacob's line give glory. For he does not despise nor abhor the poor in their poverty, neither does he hide his face from them. But when they cry to him, he hears them. My praise is of him in the great assembly. I will perform my vows in the presence of those who worship him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied, and those who seek the Lord shall praise him. May your heart live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall bow before him. For kingship belongs to the Lord, 
He rules over the nations. To him alone all who sleep in the earth bow down in worship. All who go down to the dust fall before him. My soul shall live for him. My descendants shall serve him. They shall be known as the Lord's forever. They shall come and make known to a people yet unborn the saving deeds that he has done. The epistle is from Romans chapter 4, verses 13 through 25. For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be heir of the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness by faith. For if those of the law are heirs, faith is rendered void and the promise is nullified. For the law produces wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there transgression. Because of this, it is by faith, in order that it may be according to grace, so that the promise may be secure to all the descendants, not only to those of the law, but also to those of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all, just as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations before God, in whom he believed, the one who makes the dead alive, and who calls the things that are not as though they are, who against hope believed in hope, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was said, so will your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he considered his own body as good as dead, because he was approximately a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. And he did not waver in unbelief at the promise of God, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was also able to do. Therefore it was credited to him for righteousness, but it was not written for the sake of him alone that it was credited to him, but also for the sake of us to whom it is going to be credited, to those who believe in the one who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was handed over on account of our trespasses, and was raised up in the interest of our justification. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. The Gospel is from Mark chapter 8, verses 31 to 38. And he began to teach them that it was necessary for the Son of Man to suffer many things and to be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and to be killed, and after three days to rise. And he was speaking openly about the subject. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning around and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. 
because you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but the things of people. And summoning the crowd together with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life on account of me and of the gospel will save it. For what does it benefit a person to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? For what can a person give in exchange for his life? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. On February 26th, we celebrate the life of Emily Malbone Morgan, Prophetic Witness, read from a great cloud of witnesses. Emily Malbone Morgan was born on December 10, 1862, in Hartford, Connecticut. Her family were prominent Hartford citizens, and her Anglican roots ran deep on both sides of her family. With the support of Harriet Hastings, she was the founder of the Society of the Companions of the Holy Cross, an order of Episcopal laywomen, in 1884. Rooted in disciplined devotion, the Society of the Companions of the Holy Cross became a strong force for social justice reform during the social gospel era around the turn of the 20th century. A primary inspiration for Morgan was her friendship with Adeline Howard. Howard was homebound and sought Morgan's support for both spiritual companionship and shared intercessory prayer for others. In response, Morgan called together a small group of women that became the Society of the Companions of the Holy Cross. Morgan had a particular concern for working women who were tired, restless, and had little hope for a vacation. In response, Morgan and her companions developed summer vacation houses across the Northeast, where working women and their daughters could have some time away for physical and spiritual renewal and refreshment. In 1901, the Society established a permanent home in Byfield, Massachusetts. With the construction of new facilities on the site in 1915, it took the name Adeline Rood which continues to exist as the headquarters and retreat center of the society. Morgan never married. She and her sisters in the Society of the Companions of the Holy Cross lived a life of prayer, contemplation, and social justice, particularly for women. She died on February 27, 1937. Let us pray. Gracious God, we give thanks for the life and witness of Emily Malbone Morgan, who gathered women to devote themselves to intercession, social justice, Christian unity, and simple lives. Make us with her companions in prayer and in faithful living, dedicated to the Holy Cross of our Savior Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, forever and ever. Amen.